Good Morning News, a decentralized news organization. Welcome to the Good Morning News podcast. Here I'm Galfi with me, Diego, publisher, and Hero. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. good. We're well, Galfi. Thank you. Thank you for having us back again. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> and this is our third episode. I mean, I'm so excited to get started and talk about the news that happened last last week. Uh, Diego was like rocking up and he wrote about, I don't know, two or three, maybe three articles, right? Yeah, three articles I wrote. Pretty much yeah, the, so. all of them pretty much about Ethereum and Vitalik Buterin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it, it's pronounced Vitalik Buterin. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. that's an open question about how to pronounce that correctly. I'm just, we have some audio. I mean, if we want to find out, I'm just I'm just saying. I think I got it right. Vitalik Buterin. Vitalik, yes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I'm sure we won't get any uh, any hateful comments. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> maybe maybe in English that's it. But how about in Russian, Vitalik? Put a ring. I, I don't guess. have a clue on that. I speak Kansas. That, that's what I speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even English. It's Kansas. It's Kansas. Right? It's its own thing. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, Diego. Why don't you talk about, uh, you know, how, how like, what, what made you write these articles? Was it, like, hard? What can you tell the audience, like, that wants to write this, this kind of articles? What would you advise them? Well, I, I don't know what happened last week, but I was really inspired. And yeah, this the, the last week, the week before the 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 article that I wrote was the first week that Ethereum went to a deflationary policy, and we we were only we were talking about that since since the IP fifteen fifty nine came alive uh, more than a year ago, but it was just theory until last week, and now there's less ETH around that use it to be, and it's, it's this is really important. For I mean, basically for the price of the assets, and yeah, it's happening. And everybody knows that I love Ethereum, right? <laughs> yeah, people can tell by your avatar, huh? <laughs> yeah, Ether, the Ether King. It's not the Ether King. What is it? It's the Lord Ethan. The Lord Ethan. Thanks okay, to Mister. Thanks to Mister. Nice work for Perch. Yeah, yeah for thanks to Mister. Perch's creativity. Talking about Perchy, though, I mean, I, I think he listens to our podcast. Maybe a uh, publisher can talk about oh, what's the uh, negotiation with Perchy going on. How How is it like uh, progressing? Oh, so we might have a little bit of alpha to spill here. I don't even I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, everything is moving forward with the uh, with Perchy's comic book store. What I am in the process of figuring out now is how to airdrop every single chippy holder a brand new NFT of, of Purchase Comics. So that we're working on a new Merkle Tree airdrop that'll uh, hopefully deploy all these uh, NFTs to everybody who currently holds a chippy. So that's exciting. And then, of course, you know, people will be able to come to the to the comic book store and mint one if they if they so desire after that as well. But yeah, if you uh, if you hold the chippy, you will be getting airdropped a uh, a comic uh, NFT, which is very exciting. Oh come on, publisher um, Perchy. Also, <laughs> thank you for doing the cover for State of the DAOs at Bankless DAO this Wednesday. Very exciting. Um, <laughs> so uh, wow, that's amazing. Um, how many holders are there of the 
coveted chip. <laughs> so the fun story there, and it's, it, there, there's quite a few, and there's actually there's a few wrenches that are thrown into this because the uh, the chippies themselves are actually under a couple different contracts. So I'm having to uh, how to figure out how to airdrop to multiple different uh, contract addresses at once, which is a fun challenge. And uh, <laughs> once I get that figured out. Uh, We'll be off to the races. And you like building, right? So that's a this a different challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Huh? Sure is. Are you gonna are, are you gonna airdrop? Uh, I don't know thirty uh, different copies to Diego because he owns thirty <laughs> chippies. So thirty different ones. You're huh? right. Actually, you're absolutely right. In in this situation, <laughs> the way that I'm the way that I'm thinking about building this, yes, uh, Mr. Diego would get thirty different uh, airdrops. <laughs> he certainly would. So it's just by the uh, by the address. It's not like you know whoever owns a cheapie is gonna get a copy, right? Right. So, well, um, was the uh, Diego's story, Diego article, was it like chosen to be uh, uh, in a special edition? Oh, issue sixty nine. Oh, yeah. Yes, issue yeah, sixty nine was. Uh, uh, yeah, that one. That vote went through uh, unanimously. I think I can't remember what the exact vote was. I have to check, but. It's it's burn it's burn mother ether burn. Yeah. I love the title. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose it, but I love that. <laughs> Who made that title up? Was it you? I, I believe it was uh, Mr. Hero. No, I don't know. Maybe I. You know, honestly, like after you, <laughs> I mean, we're up to like seventy three or seventy four. You know, of these things, and at some point, you sort of forget. What you've done? <laughs> I, mean, I don't remember yeah. if it was me or publisher or True Cat or what. It was, um, it was the team, is who it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's kind of it. And you, we kind of workshop them, right? I mean, sometimes like when you know when you're writing or before you write or or after. I mean, you know, the headline comes to you like you just you know it, right? And it works. And everyone's like, "All right, that one." But I would say probably more often than not, it's like you come up with you know an okay headline, and then. You know, you kind of talk about it at the channels, and then normally somebody has a better idea, right? And you and you kind of know when it's a better idea. Um, you feel it, and so, so yeah, I don't know who came up with that one, but headline writing is like a new, it's a different skill, and I, you know, helping to push out content for Medium now at Bankless DAO. Um, you know, Frank America has been very um, patient and encouraging me to kind of learn how to do or learn how to think about sort of titles and subtitles and the way they interplay and then the way they sort of work for SEO and things like that. And so I'm trying to up my headline title, subtitle game a little bit, but it's a little bit different way of thinking than, than writing and particularly writing for the news. You know, I mean, it's gotta be quippy. It's gotta mm-hmm. be a, a little bit witty, but it also sort of has to get to the gut essence of what you wrote, you know? And so um, it's a different skill guys. It's, it's super fun. And I kind of feel like the collective, uh, the collective power of GMN is better than any individual idea. Although, guys, sometimes I'm telling you, like you just know what you want to say, and, and you're right, <laughs> but not not usually. You know, you know the uh, it's funny. The headlines I think tend to go through the exact same process and refinement that the stories do, right? You know, or mm-hmm. stories get written and they go through the process of going through the editors and going through graphics and all that, but then sort of the headlines, right? They have kind of their own little separate adventure that they take through GMN, which is pretty exciting and a lot of fun too. I think that's probably my personal favorite part of what we do is coming up with those headlines and, you know, cause it's the, uh, it's the attention grabber, right? Hopefully it's, it's that thing that uh, when people see it on Twitter or something, they're like, they they're interested and then they want to go and explore GMN more and find out what the story is. 
Yeah. Awesome. I was going to ask you about the uh, process about like, what is, what is it, how to start it writing and then publishing. Um, are you guys thinking about uh, migrating from discord to a different uh, place? I don't know, maybe in the, in the website or at a forum where you can just post the, uh, the article there and get voted or you, you, for now we're going to stay on discord. Well, it's something I haven't even given any thought to. Um, I, I can tell you right now, if CWK were in here, he would immediately have an opinion on this. <laughs> what would what would C double say? Uh, I think he, you know, I think for him, he loves Discord. It's what he knows, and it's hard for me to imagine doing what we do anywhere else. Right? Discord just seems to have all the tools in place that allow us to accomplish this. They're not the greatest tools. We, you know, we have to make do with what we have, but. Building something yeah, else. I, up I love the server is very well organized and all the bots work. And I mean, just love it. You should definitely Compared let CWK all the channels, know right? that. He, uh, that man <laughs> certainly does not get enough praise for what he does. And I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but there's a new bot running around the GMN Discord right now that he has named the GMN bot. So pretty yeah. exciting what he's, what he's got going on. Is that the one on. that when yeah, you say so, GM man. on the town square, he answers you? Yeah, like he answers you answers GM? <laughs> it, it now so talks to you, so... Did he yep, yeah, he built that from scratch. He's been working on it for the last two nights. Uh, just, wow. This is nice. This is working. Uh, I, just, I just try right now. It's working. It's his first bot that so, he's ever built from scratch. So pretty exciting wow. milestone for him, too. It's a bit like when I launched my first smart contract. I, uh, I couldn't be more proud of him, honestly. So I'm just excited like to see where he takes this. Yeah, just like so I who, say who here, is, uh, Good Morning News is more than, than just news. You know, it's a place to creativity. If you want it's to build builders. stuff, Creative, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is too who cool. Who is a CWK? What does he do at the GMN? So <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> he is. So here's where CWK and I have been friends since we were kids, right? We grew up together. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. He lives just a few blocks away from me, actually, here in, here in Kansas. So he's also he speaks, he speaks Kansas. And he also speaks <laughs> Kansas very well. He's one of the few that actually understand me when I talk. Um, he can decode it anyway. Uh, no, what he does, he's just our, you know, he at the end of the day, he's the Discord manager, right? If you get any pings or any notifications through Discord, that's because of him, right? Every notify every he also runs a Twitter account. Um, I try to put some content out every now and again, but we share that, you know, the GMN account. So 90% of the time it's him tweeting and putting out those uh those updates and those notifications. Um he I I, I tend to say he, you know, he keeps the lights on here. That's what he does. He, because of him, we're allowed to all get together and and do what we do. I would like awesome. to see him participate more in the protocol, but that's a conversation we can have another day. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like to talk in the podcast. I would like, I'd love to him to, to come to our podcast. Getting getting right? CWK to talk and grace us with his presence is uh, <laughs> it, it's a chore, but it's always uh, it's always great when he does. But he yeah, was like I, on the AMA last week, you know, and I was going, was. "Hey, look at you!" So I, I you know, I think, <laughs> I think that there's hope for him, and uh, you know, a more public voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this experience with when we started, and he would just said that it's a bad thing to be the first and the last. A couple of weeks ago, when I joined the community call, he was the the only one on the stage, <laughs> and I started to to talk, talk to him, and and we talked. It was nice. He's a great guy. First, Super yeah, nice guy. It was the oh, first time that they heard his voice. 
I think very much like me, you know, it, it takes a little bit for us Kansans to come out of our shell. I think we gotta, <laughs> we gotta feel like we really know you before we, uh, we start to talk to you. Okay. It's fair. And, uh, Kansans I was going to ask you, how about Katrina? What is, what is her uh, duty there? What's she doing? Uh, good morning news. Here, I'm stuffing my face with some tacos. You want to, you want to feel this question for me, Ben? Oh gosh, I'm actually enjoying this. You know, I got to sit back and, and like pretend I'm an audience member. This is cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, Katrina. Katrina is, um, I mean, nominally she is, you know, the editor of, I would say the editor of Good Morning News. I have an editor in chief title. I mean, you know, whatever is like um, that title, but for someone who's a better editor than I am is the title that she has. But I think she just calls herself title or editor. I can't tell. Um, you know, so, but she does that and... Um, you know, she's got a really wicked sense of humor. So she's also kind of like a little culture engine um, behind the scenes there. And I don't know. I mean, what is she? You know, besides, I mean, she's, you know, a core contributor. You know, she's our main editor. She's she family, is buddy. She's family. Of, she is bringer of fun and laughs. And um, and she's family. Yeah, exactly, pub. So that's the truth, though. I mean, she edits things. She's written one or two things. Um, you know, but I can tell you that, you know, neither publisher nor I or any of our writers, if they're aware of it, should ever, we don't really ever feel comfortable if anything gets published without her looking at it first. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. so, you know, I mean, we, we've done it sometimes when she just, you know, you know, wrapped up for whatever reason, doing other stuff, not too many times. I mean, maybe five or 10 of the articles that we've published have not gone through her hands in some way or another. Uh, but I can tell you every time they don't, I'm like, what's in there that shouldn't be, <laughs> you know? And I can say that wait, wait, I love when she do the voiceover. I, oh, I like she's fantastic. Yes, that's yeah, the other like, part too, right? I mean, she lends that beautiful Aussie voice, um, you know, to the voice. The English accent. <laughs> it's like it's like that. You know, the Aussie accent is so unique like that because it's a mix of whatever it is plus mm-hmm. English, you know, they like the British English, right? But yeah, no, I mean, truth be told, you know, she is like, um, you know, she's the editor. I don't know what an editor in chief is, to be honest. Um, We just at one point I was called executive producer. I don't know what that is either, you know. And so like, um, yeah, I mean, because if anything, I'm really like the writer in chief. I mean, I write most of the stories, you know, Katrina edits most of the stories. Publisher um, does a little bit of everything, but makes sure that we ship every night. But sometimes also writes and sometimes also edits. Right. I think um, it's true for all of us, though, work. right? I think every one of yeah. us is very much cross-trained uh, across the board. Right. What happens here at GMN? So, yeah, I think that's right. You know, but but really with Katrina, though, like, um, you know, everything that goes out goes past her eyes, and we mm-hmm. all feel much better for that. Um, you know, I beg her. I don't have to beg too hard because we're friendly, you know. But um, I beg her to look at everything I publish outside of GMN as well. Um, I trust her more than any other human being on earth for, uh, you know, making sure what we produce is the best that it can be. So she is, she's world class and we are very lucky to have her. You know, one of the, when you, one of the main things that we, you know, about the process here at GMN is just always ensuring that there's that, that these stories or these articles run through the gauntlet. Right. And by that, I mean, they're running through multiple sets of eyes, whether it be heroes and Katrina's or whatever, you know, by the time one of these things gets published, you can almost certainly guarantee that at least three sets of eyes have gone over this thing to ensure that it's up to quality and that we haven't missed anything. Right. Even though sometimes we do, we won't always be perfect, but we'll always try. No, yes. you know, like we've yes. issued one 
retraction, you know, that was pretty early on, like maybe within the first couple of weeks of going live. And so, you know, for the most part, we're pretty dialed in. We missed something last night um, that no one would catch unless they knew. Uh, But otherwise, you know, we do a pretty darn good job. And I think that even last night, and it was a statistical issue, Mm-hmm. that Katrina had a sense that something was off, although she couldn't really put her finger on it necessarily. She kind of knew, you know, um, she did. Was yeah. Hey guys, talking about le- last night, uh, we, we had a new writer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Master yeah, Tomahawk. So, yeah. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, he came from the bankless DAO as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a writer's Is Katrina on the bankless DAO as well. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Very wow. much so. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's actually a pretty good segue, know. you know. I mean, so you know, Good Morning News and the Bankless Dow Writers Guild are working on a proposal um to essentially cross-pollinate each other to some extent. And so um we're looking at a framework whereby we can bring, you know, some writers and editors over to GMN. Um, and they would get credit for some work over here, over there, and then you know, find a way to get some of this technology that publishers built over to the writers guild and to help some of the work that we do go on chain. I think we've touched on this a little bit in a previous podcast, maybe, but I can't remember for sure. Um, but that's like what is the plane. What, what are you planning over there? Want to put like the, the uh, newsletter on chain? Is that, is that so? Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, it's something that we need, kind of need to think about, you know, a little more fully, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, the, we, you know, our average, you know, our newsletters have thousands and thousands of words, right, in them. And so we couldn't put the whole thing on chain yet. Yeah, um, we can. Well, you, I mean, you could, with the, <laughs> with the multi-page <laughs> NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right, you could technically do it, but um, there's some, you have some centralization concerns related to that, right, publisher? So, yeah, yeah, there are some centralization concerns. We don't, we don't need to get into the weeds on that. That can be something more for rest technical core team folks but yeah there there are certainly some centralization concerns with that particular file format but nonetheless multiple page nfts are doable yeah and so not to, yeah that's correct sorry thank you for clarifying we can't all be sfgs right but um <laughs> but yeah and so you know i can think pretty readily we could um you know create premium content whatever that might look like and then we could have you know so we have on average you know, uh, anywhere between 12,000 and 15,000 people who view our content for each, each newsletter we publish over in Bank of Style. So it's a pretty broad reach. And I think within that subset, there's a subset of people who'd be willing to essentially mint a subscription to some kind of premium content, or maybe just the content we already ship, but, um, but it, you know, it being on chain, you know, it's kind of exciting, right? And kind of edgy. And so maybe they would be willing to mint a subscription to that. And then we could bring the protocol over and then put some of the content on there. Now, how do you choose that? Do you make it premium or not? All of that. We're kind of working through that with the coordinator of the Writers Guild nonsense, um, who's a a great, brilliant dude and a developer in his own right. And so, you know, we're just kind of feeling it out. And um, we have a lot of words on paper that we put down the last week. And I think that another couple of weeks, we'll have a really good sense of what this partnership may look like. So yeah. it's a super exciting development for the GMN and for the Writers Guild. And to answer your question, yeah, TrueCat, super active um, over there. And, uh, you know, anything that is, you know, she does a lot of editing for client services, which is sort of our, um, 
you know, the only thing that generates a real profit besides the newsletters and the entire DAO, different story. <laughs> and that's not really a true statement. That's just a, that's not a true statement, but it's a statement as a writer, I feel proud to say, even if it's a lie. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's the moneymaker, right? It's the bread and butter over there. I think that the newsletters and the client services, uh, they make money consistently and regularly. And that's nice for us and nice for um, the DAO in general. But TrueCat um, is kind of the main editor for client services in addition to Frank America. And uh, and again, like, you know, it's just another point of that people, you know, deeply trust her skills and don't want things to pass through, um, you know, the down necessarily without her looking at it. So, you know, um, Hero, I want to I want to jump in here real quick, buddy. Something that occurred to me that I that I meant to say to you earlier was, uh, you know, when it comes to this partnership between GMN and the Writers Guild, one of the things that I think that could really help in thinking about this partnership is. You know, much like how podcasts, you know, they'll they'll distribute on Spotify and YouTube both, right? You try to hit all your uh, all those uh, different outlets. I, I would like to see the Writers Guild utilize GMN in much the same way, right? Where you're still putting content out on Mirror and and your other platforms yeah. like Substack and stuff, but just using, uh, you know, these Web three tools is just another way to distribute your guys's product. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. Period. Right. So, I mean, it's, right. but it is like, what kind of content do you want to put in there? You know, do you want to make it premium? And like, I'm not a big fan of the premium subscription model generally. So I'm kind of hesitant for that. Um, do you make it graphics? I mean, does you do like a purchase comic, but you make it subscription based through there? That's kind of weird too. So I don't know. Well, we just got to kind of feel it out and figure it out. Hey, Hero, just uh, changing some subject here. I was going through the uh, Dow Punk, uh, Dow Punk's Dow. Uh, and I, I noticed someone asked you how to go full DAO and you're like, okay, first you put about, I put at 18 hours when I started. Uh, I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> so people are listening, wanting to get full DAO. Yeah. Full DAO, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, actually, um, I'm talking with another you know guy tomorrow. Who's a great guy um, about how to do full-time DAO. It's, it's interesting. And so, you know, the way I did it is probably not the best for everybody, but it's, well, I can tell you my story real brief. I mean, yeah. So I started out by working uh, all waking hours, right? Um, you know, to the point uh, eventually after three months, you're like, oh my God, what did I just do? But, um, but yeah, I mean, so like for me, and I maybe it's different guild by guild. I don't really know, to be honest, but it seems to me like here's what works is you, you get into the DAO. You, I mean, you think like, what are your core competencies? For me, you know, I can write and edit. Um, I used to be a lawyer, so I jumped. So I jumped in the legal guild too. Although all I do really there is, um, you know, kind of coordinate the newsletter. But um, you know, get real active quick. You know, overcommit like big time, and then um, you know, work your way out of the overcommitment and don't ever ask for anything. Just agree to do things. Do your best work. Work hard. Um, and then at some point, like, you know, and that includes like, you know, attending all of the synchronous meetings. So everything that's a voice chat, attend them, um, you know, raise your hand and offer your opinions, even if they're ill-formed or if they're bad, um, or even better if they're good, you know, uh, be active in the discord channels, post a lot, uh, re reply to people, um, just show that you're really engaged. One of the things that people don't do is like, kind of like build personal relationships through DMs. And so like, you know, if somebody makes a comment uh, at a sync or async way and you find it intriguing in some way, 
follow up in a DM and start chatting them up a little bit. And, you know, you start building these relationships um, and you're sort of, you know, a little, I hate the term networking really, although it's pretty accurate. Um, you know, at some point your network grows and you kind of are nurturing these relationships along and, you know, opportunities begin to open, you know, and, um, and as long as you are kind of humble, uh, but also work hard, um, you know, people start asking to do more things and you start doing more things and you find yourself like working 18 hours a day. Right. I mean, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, but at some point, like the work and the effort, I mean, like literally pays off to, to where you get, you know, um, different responsibilities that remunerate well, um, you know, whether that's going to be uh, in stable coins or in, you know, a bankless down the native governance token or in ETH or in whatever. Um, you know, so it's a lot of hard work at first and it's a lot of hard work still. I mean, I might've gone, you know, I probably work 14 hours a day now instead of 18, you know, but like, it's not as hard every day. Like Saturday, I barely worked, you know, and Sunday, maybe I put in eight or 10 hours, but that was, that almost feels like a vacation. I mean, to be honest, you know, and so like, I don't know how else to do it without putting in the time and effort. And then not only building kind of products and content, but I mean, really, really like really building relationships with people not for some like kind, some type of end game, but because you're like, you're truly curious in people, right? I mean, this space is, um, you know, it's anonymous, right? But I think that there's an interesting thing or pseudonymous, I guess, uh, for most people. And, you know, there's this weird interplay of sort of pseudonymity and intimacy. And if you can get the tuning of that right, um, you know, you really develop these really powerful kind of deep relationships pretty quickly. Um, you know, sometimes I've analogized it, analogized it to like a band of brothers war type setting, not because we're certainly in danger like war. Um, but you know, because you're sort of on the edge and, and you're kind of operating with uncertain facts and uncertain environment with uncertain outcomes. Um, and you know, if people jump into the Dow full-time or even part-time for, you know, some hope of money or remuneration or wealth, I mean, they're never going to make it like they're just not right. And so you're here because you want to be because you want to contribute, because uh, you feel like an overwhelming fire burning passion to build stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, work really hard, you know, take the time to meet people and then, um, you know, don't be a jerk, right? I mean, be open-minded. Um, everybody here is smarter than you are for the most part. Um, like somebody, I think it was True Cat who told me like when we first met, you know, this is where all the smart people went. And I was never on social media before, so I can't verify that. But I mean, I can tell you that the, the general sort of like horsepower of humans in this space is much higher than any other, any other place I've played, much smarter than your average attorney. You know, I'm sort of like, I don't like the term smart, to be honest, because it, it doesn't really encapsulate very much of what it means to be human. But I think we know what I mean when I say it. And so, um, so yeah, work hard, do good work, make connections. Um, you know, be vulnerable, like, don't be afraid to be wrong. You know, don't be, you know, you can be opinionated, but don't be closed minded, like get ready to change your mind when you're convinced otherwise. Uh, and, you know, those are really it, you know, and then eventually, you know, through consistent effort in those parts, doors open, you have roles in different places. And, you know, then you start really seeing um, bank or ETH or whatever kind of flow in. Right. And so, um, Part of the trick too is to kind of like not put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, I spend a lot of my time at Bankless Dow, but it's not the only place where I spend time. And so, you know, get active, right? And then I'm starting to learn too 
like Twitter is like a really powerful tool, you know, that I just ignored and kind of hated for no good reason. Um, but I've made some really interesting connections on there that um, they go deep, you know. And so, you know, don't be afraid of Web2 tools. Discord's a Web2 tool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could rant about this forever, but that's really about it. Good work, consistency, time, building relationships, overcommit super hard. And even though you're overcommitted, um, and, you, and, you know, get the work done anyway, and then um, good things happen. I think the key word it there, was, Hero, is just commitment, buddy. I think you just got to commit, right? Yeah, it's totally Show true. up when times are hard. But like the truth is also, you know, you sort of, um, you know, if you are going to jump right in, you know, and commit 18 hours a day, how are you going to do that with a full-time job, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't. And so, um, you know, one joke I make sometimes is like, it's a bunch of, you know, like you've heard Trustafarians, right? Who smoke a bunch of weed with a trust fund backup. And I feel like um, there's like Dowstafarians, right? Like people that either have trust funds or they have passive income or they just have fat sacks from crypto so they can kind of do it. And so, um, I mean, I don't have any of those things, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I sort of, um, you know, be able to make it work anyway. But I think some people just use credit cards, like our credit card debt is higher than it's really ever been. Uh, but I know some of that us long- just build constantly. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like long term, I'm just not worried about it. I have so much confidence in the work we're doing here. Um, and the space generally that I'm happy to take, you know, some sacrifices in the short term mm-hmm. to kind of fulfill a longer term vision. I'll say the other thing too, is like, um, you know, back on like the be selfless thing, you know, mission oriented people, I think do better in the space than, than people who are out for themselves. And you can see that you can see the difference. And so, um, you know, if you really wanted to go all in, it really helps to sort of either have a predisposition to a mission oriented mindset or to pick one up pretty quick. Um, because ultimately, you're part of a team building stuff, you know, and um, for some people like me who don't have hard skills like programming or development or infrastructure, I mean, all I can do is really is create and sort of coordinate content, right? So I can write stuff and edit stuff. Um, I can organize you know talk. I can organize yeah. humans, right? I'm sorry, what was that? I say you know how to talk, you know how to participate in podcasts. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm learning, <laughs> you know, but like... um. And like you have, but part of that is because I'm not afraid of sounding like an idiot, right? And so, um, you know, you have to be vulnerable. That's the other part too. It's like you really got to be vulnerable and realize, like, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't know, but I'm willing to find out. And um, and that ties into that intimacy component, which I'm still not really sure what that all means yet. But it's an important part of it. But I haven't been able to kind of take the time to write about it, so I don't, I don't really know for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the rough 10,000 foot vision, but maybe you're right, publisher, maybe the answer about commitment, but there are some other, I think, key components in there too. You know, like you gotta be, open-minded. Sure. you gotta be mission oriented. Um, yeah. you know, I think it does really help if you have like soft human skills, um, you know, but that kind of comes along with vulnerability. Uh, and I'm older too. Like, I mean, I'm 44, right? So I'm older than most people in this space and, you know, I've been through some shit. And so I have a little bit of perspective. I think that maybe someone who's 25 doesn't, um, so it's yeah. easier for me to sort of take a different view of these things a little bit and uh, not get caught up in the politics of it and sort of keep a kind of a higher level eyes over the windshield out on the horizon kind of mindset. Yeah, definitely. You made a good point there because uh, when you started, you say you were full time on the uh, like bankless DAO, but there are multiple DAOs out there, like multiple opportunities and money is just going to be like a consequence. So, right. you know, Go ahead, go for it and just join them and, and 
trust the system, work. right? Have faith yeah, that, that yeah. it's going to work, right? I, I think that's yeah, key yeah. too. Well, it's, it's going to work, but I mean, there are real issues, right? With like long-term contributor burnout, um, mm-hmm. you know, long-term yeah. contributor compensation, you know, I mean, like how long can you go while taking, you know, sort of a reduction in, in nominal pay, right? And yeah. um, it's not forever, right? And so, you know, it's really important that some of the people in this space, um, you know, focus their time and energy, not only to like contributing to DAOs, but building, you know, really smart DAO tools, right? That allow these things to happen for the long term. And let's be honest, I mean, Discord, you know, we can say it works pretty well for servers, but it's a shit show. I mean, it is, you know, a Web2 dopamine incentivized system um you know the essentially like emojis that are really just like like buttons and you know attention shifting that's not done in a mindful way you know and so it's not actually a very good platform i think it's a terrible platform and um i think that there are alternatives i actually have the names of some of them i've been meaning to explore but i haven't had time and i think that at some point you know what we really have to do is build dao tools that have you know dao contributor mental health as the focus and not something else. And so, you know, as DAO scale, you know, you're going to see this be more of an issue. And so I'm like actively thinking about these things quite often um, and how the tools that we use to DAO are insufficient for us and insufficient for DAOs, insufficient for, for allowing DAOs to scale. And so, you know, we just kind of kind of get some, you know, really smart programming people to think that care about these issues, to think about how to build these tools better. I don't know how to do it, right? I just have ideas, um, but I can't build, you know, <laughs> so I can just sort of think about it and imagine the other possibilities, right? But I think that's a huge component of what we're talking about too. That's actually something that I think about it. Like Discord is a very, it's a centralized company and mm-hmm. pretty much every DAO is on Discord. And I sometimes I imagine what happened if tomorrow Discord goes down, uh, we definitely need to go somewhere else. We def- definitely need to to build like a decentralized, I don't know, Discord. Whatever. That's right. So, well, that's right. right. Like Discord don't back up, right? So, I mean, if you had some nefarious person come in to GMN, now don't, don't get me wrong, C-Double would, I mean, probably catch that first. But you know, essentially yeah. like, you know, most Discord, like I could right now with my permissions go into bankless DAO and basically delete the entire thing, right? And so you have this like implicit level of trust that I'm not going to go do that. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, actually, I don't know if that's true. Can I go in there and delete? Yeah, I can go in there and delete a channel right now. I just checked. I could go right in there and delete a whole channel. I could delete a whole category and that's wiped because it is not backed up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are maybe a hundred plus people. No who, one will know that was you. I don't know if they would. The I mean, I don't know how well, you know, that's trackable with the technology that we have. I just don't know. You know, um, but it's essentially true, you know, and there's like, say there's a hundred of me with that same permission level in bankless DAO, 20,000 people who join the server, maybe, you know, a thousand who are pretty, uh, you know, who regularly kind of swing in by and maybe a handful of hundred who are pretty hardcore contributors. But I mean, that's a lot of implicit trust, right? I mean, you're going up <laughs> just fine. You're just one dis- disgruntled contributor away from getting it all wiped out, huh? That's well, a scary that's thought. It. Well, that's totally it. And truth be told, like we've been having issues with people coming into our Notion pages um, and like deleting yeah. and changing it, content mm-hmm. within it, right? And tampering, yeah. tampering the the sheets and stuff like that. That's yeah. right. You know, and so you know, there's that whole other level of trust in this thing, which is is pretty interesting. But the fact that Discord is centralized. That it's not that you can't back it up. As far as I'm aware, I've never heard from anybody that you can. Um, 
know, that's a huge concern, right? And so talk about a centralized failure point. I mean, my goodness, right? Yeah, I hope I hope they're gonna be like a Web three kind of Discord someday, and that that'll like clear my mind a little. We just saw a great article today from uh, that Abe put out. You know, they're working on their Lens protocol, is what they call it. I don't know yeah. how familiar you guys are with that, but Abe mm-hmm. is attempting to build some sort of Web three social media platform. Now, whether or not it's going to have the tooling for DAOs, you know, that, that's yet to be seen. But it's super but, interesting, though. They're like. Um, I haven't read the most recent article, but I remember the announcement from like last spring mm-hmm. and like they have, I mean, like they're putting like what hundreds of millions of dollars behind this product, right? That they're trying yeah. to develop. I mean, they're, they're pouring in resources into it. It would be hard to imagine that it wasn't something that we'd want to use, but you just never know. Right. I'm, I'm curious. Is there a beta out of that thing yet? Do we know? Not that I'm aware of. I think today's announcement was saying something about it. Let me pull it up. There, there's a, there is already a kind of decentralized Twitter called gm.xyz. There's a couple of yes. them, right? There's like a Mastodon yeah. one that a lot of people talk about. Yeah, it's something like, but it's not, it's not designed it's not for DAOs. Traction. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's not designed for DAOs. So it doesn't resolve the, the, it doesn't solve the problem, right? Well, it makes you wonder. I mean, so that's part of another question, right? Like, what do DAOs need? I mean, do DAOs know what they need? As yeah, it, does anybody think about what DAOs... I mean, like, <laughs> we are so used to working in Discord. I mean, you know, yeah. if you were to design, you know, an asynchronous slash synchronous collaboration collaboration tool from scratch, what does it look like? You know what I mean? And it doesn't look like... But yeah. I bet it doesn't look like this, you know? Um, these kind of linear, like, linear channel arrangements and sort of like... Um, you know, cut off pods and this and that. I mean, imagine like this, for example, what if you could design, um, I'm just making stuff up now, but what if you could design something that, um, you know, rather than being, you know, sort of broken down by guilt or projects was like, instead it was broken down by the people that you, you know, with AI or something, you know, who you interact with, with most. And then, you know, those are the quickest people you found uh, or the quickest projects that you found or something, right? Um, or, you know, the most frequent, channels you posted in or whatever versions of that would be or voice channels that you participated in or it would could scan your documents and it would like know where you wanted to be before you wanted to be there because it could look at your calendar and your documents and your sort of workload and it would know where you need to be before you need to be there so that pops up and you're there instead right and everything you need is in one place you know your contacts for that project um you know the back ends the notions or whatever so mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a lot there that somebody who thinks about these things in a way that's educated could really do something great for us yeah, I was gonna ask a publisher, uh, why were you like pissed when OpenSea acquired Dharma? <laughs> <laughs> pissed is a good word. Yeah, that's a good word as any. So for a long time, uh, Dharma was the one and only real off ramp uh, from from Polygon to your bank account. Right, uh, I've been using had been using Dharma for about the past six months. And it, it was fantastic, right? I, I didn't even have to touch layer one Ethereum. I could go straight from Polygon wow, to my bank amazing. account. No issue at all. And then, oh gosh, whatever day it was this week, I uh, opened up the Dharma app and saw that I've got a I've got a notification on my phone saying that I have 31 days to drain that account and, and leave their platform. Um, also they, they had disabled all, uh, all off ramps. So I could no longer take that money that was in that account and, and take it to my bank. 
I could no longer swap on the platform either. So I had to actually send the funds that were in that wallet to another wallet and then hit Uniswap or Sushi or whatever to uh, do any transactions. So it was uh, it was a really unpleasant way to, <laughs> to get booted off of a platform. And then, of course, the, the the real kick in the nuts, I think, was to find out that it was acquired by OpenSea, who I think everybody knows I already have a problem with for many reasons. Um, so, yeah, yeah, th- that was really it. It was just a really unfortunate way to inform the 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 dharma community that uh hey we uh we sold out to open sea by the way you guys don't have to go home but you can't stay here <laughs> well and then like wow. you know to piggyback in the back of that right i mean so you know open seas you guys may know by reading good morning news um you know hired a uh you know essentially a cfo who was familiar with bringing companies public right and they tried to at least initially engage that process and after a community outcry, you know, backtracked, right? And so it's really clear that they are operating under a model of getting the core team rich and kind of screwing the community, right? And so, um, you know, the open DAO was the first to fork. Um, and then Looks Rare was second. Uh, you know, and these are just, I mean, are both sort of that post um, that post IPO attempt. And so, you know, I mean, they are like literally a centralized company that made their money, um, you know, through Web3 and through creating a user-friendly interface to buy NFTs. Um, But then they wanted to leave like their whole community behind, right? And so we've seen the response to that. And then when you have them also want to buy Dharma, you know, I think for a publisher, it was just too much. <laughs> you know, they crossed the line. I was not happy. Well, publishers trying to build everything on Web3, and it was like, oh, Dharma supposed to be a Web3 company. Now they're going back to the to old ways. Well, right? and you know, Dharma had, you know, one of the, a lot of people don't know, Dharma's been around for, gosh, since forever. 2015. They've been around forever, and they have always been very, very loyal to their community into into the uh, you know the, the that Ethereum ethos, right? Of uh, you know open source decentralization, that sort of thing, um, or at least they pretended to be, right? They at least had me convinced enough to use the platform. Um, and then the the complete flip side of that, of course, like Hero said, it has been OpenSea, where they have every step of the way they have demonstrated that they don't give a shit about the people who. Who got them to where they are today, and they and they don't care about the ethos that, that the majority of the space believes in. So yeah, watching watching a company like OpenSea eat a company like Dharma certainly left a bad taste in my mouth. Honestly, I don't like that hybrid kind of take from OpenSea, like selling NFTs, which is a, a Web three stuff. You know, being a Web two company, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I mean, my question is: Do you think people will care? That OpenSea is a public company instead of being a uh, community company. I think I think the numbers that looks rare are telling us or giving us that answer right now. It seems to me, just by looking at some of these early numbers out of looks rare, that people have made their decision that that what they've built over there is working, and, and they are beginning to siphon off that uh, that market share from OpenSea. And I think um, as that looks token continues to uh, to appreciate in value. I would I would imagine that you're going to see a lot a lot more people flock over there. Because this is a platform that's rewarding people who use the platform, right? This is OpenSea is not paying you to use the platform. LooksRare is paying you to use the platform. Which one are you going to pick? It's a no-brainer. Can I ask you a question though? Like why does the UX for LooksRare suck so bad? 
I mean, it, it looks like really rare, like, but not in a good way, you know, like, I mean, couldn't they so, have done that better? I mean, they could have, that's a rhetorical question, but absolutely. why? Absolutely. And, you, and you gotta, you gotta believe that they will, right? You gotta believe that over time, because what you gotta, first of all, this was a rush to market for them, right? I, I have no idea how quickly they raised capital, but it seemed like it was in a matter of weeks, right? This, 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 uh, this protocol and the, this group or this team really came out of nowhere. So I would imagine they spun this whole thing up really quick. They rushed the product out as fast as they could, which meant bare bones, right? They've got a pretty bare bones structure going on. Also bare bones as far as what NFTs they can even render, right? Right. We can't even render GIFs at this point yet on LooksRare. All you can render are PNGs, but that'll change, right? You give them a, another month in this space, another month of building, I guarantee their platform is going to be beyond what OpenSea has. Just, I would say just give them time, right? This is a very early team. They're in very early stages of development. Um, and these, a lot of these things are just cosmetic too, right? The hard part for them is done. The, uh, the structure, the, the, the backbone of, of the protocol is in place. So now it's just a matter of making it, fine-tuning it, making it look nice. Yeah, my only concern is that OpenSea now is going to heavily advertise their product to the mass. And when people come, uh, I don't know if they're going to find a way out, like if they're going to see other platforms, they're going to know about uh, Web3 decentralization, that kind of stuff. And you're probably right. Yeah. And I would imagine that for 95% of people who come into this space, they won't, right? They won't know any of that stuff. For them, OpenSea will be the on-ramp in, into crypto. But you got to hope that as time goes on, that they'll realize that there are alternatives out there. There are, there are better alternatives that will actually pay them to use the platform. I don't think it'll take long for those people to realize that every one of us in this on this podcast right now was once new to crypto and we all once had no clue what we were doing, but we learned and we all found our way. I, I have to believe that other people will too. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the uh, Instagram, um, the Meta company, and they're building their own NFT platform, mm -hmm. which is uh, another player out there. But to to it's of course likely it's going to be very very centralized and hopefully i hope people when they see that they find a way out and and get to know other platforms and why we hear why crypto exists in first place because it's not just to me it's not just the uh the money aspect but it's more like building this community culture kind of thing so i want people to come and and get to know this the rabbit hole actually yeah in whatever way gets them there, right? If they got to fall, if they got to fall down the rabbit hole through a centralized source, so be it. They'll <laughs> find their way eventually. Yep. All right, we're getting to the end, and as you know, as always, hero and or maybe publisher can, you know, make something up to convince <laughs> our audience to join the GMN GMN uh, DAO. Go ahead. Here you want to pitch it or you want me to, buddy? Man, I'm, I'll tell you what. I did last week. Why don't you do this week? We'll trade uh, it. I'll pitch it. So why would you want to join GMN? If you, uh, if you are a journalist who's in a part of the world right now that might be under some geopolitical pressure, maybe like the Ukraine, and you've got a story to tell and you want a place to get that story out, GMN is the place for you. Submit that story to our protocol. We will publish it. It doesn't, I was going to ask you, does it need to be in English? Can like someone uh, from a different country writing uh, their, their native language, are we able to translate it to, to English or it's not, it's, it's not a thing yet? And that's a great, 
question. That is um, a great question. One we'll probably have to address on a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the shorter answer is no, because the core contributors, you know, only speak English really, and even then poorly, right? Uh, the larger speak issue Kansas. is like, but imagine this, like, Kansas. what's that? Yeah. I say speak Kansas. Yeah, exactly. You know, but think about this, right? Like, I mean, if you guys... Um, you know, your Diego wrote something in Portuguese, right? And then yeah. um, Portuguese and Spanish, we could translate that. That's right. And then you could translate it, right? And so you could yeah. do like a 125 word quick article in both Portuguese and in English. And then, you know, that might be an interesting idea to explore, right? Also, just run it through Google Translator, let it, let it do its thing. But you'd, you'd really want to have them both, right? You want like, you mm -hmm. know, you don't want both on the same page. And then, yeah, you could translate it, I guess. And then really, as we get more plugged into Bankless DAO, depending on how that you know, we choose to have that go forward um, and how we're received, you know, they have a translators. Um, it's not probably a guild. Maybe it's a project. I don't really know. You guys probably know better than I do. Um, but you could take use of perhaps those as well. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's, um, that's really a part of the longer term roadmap, right. Is, and we've talked about this before about, about getting different GMN nodes up throughout the world, publishing in their own language. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. And so all part of the decentralization effort, my friends, Great. Awesome. Yeah, that's a scaling solution for GMN, right? Mm -hmm. Best one for one sure. of the kinds. Guys, thank you so much for, for coming today, recording this podcast. I know we're late, but you know, as always, we're here <laughs> and we're trying to bring the word out. Thank you very much. And we're heading to our community call right now. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Nice to be thank here. Thank you. Gilfie Diego, such a pleasure. Me too, guys. All right, my friends. We've got ourselves a community call in five minutes. I'm going to go make some coffee. I'll see you there. Cheers, friends. Right, see you there. Bye-bye. Cheers. See you there. Cheers.